MP, it's our final event of the year. Oh, it's all a bit sad, Bretto, but after four big events for 2018, we are going out with a bang with one more wellness base camp, and the location for this one is regional Victoria, the great town of Bendigo awaits. Oh, and how's this for a lineup, MP? Bendigo will be rocking with the rock star of wellness, Damien Christoph. The art of self-love angel herself, Kim Morrison, hits the stage. As will the natural nutritionist, Steph Lowe. And I'll tell you what, Steph's presentation at the summit on fasting was a showstopper. You'll be there, Bretto. I'll be there too. And Wendy Stewart from Wendy's Way will be there to share her inspirational story, which really did go off at the Wellness Summit earlier this year. It's Saturday, October 27 at the beautiful All Seasons Resort Hotel in Bendigo and tickets are selling fast. Two for one tickets for this one day of inspiration, information and empowerment are available at thewellnessbasecamp.com. That's right, folks. Get your two-for-one tickets at thewellnessbasecamp.com before they run out and then the price goes up. Finish your year of wellness in style at The Wellness Base Camp in Bendigo, Saturday, October 27. Tickets at thewellnessbasecamp.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up For A Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. And I'm Kim Morrison. And our beautiful Cindy is off traveling the world again, as usual. So it's just our beautiful Kimmy and me today and we're going to be talking to you guys about pressure. This this seems to be this big pressure cooker building and it's almost, I wonder if it's not the end of the financial year, Um, you know, there seems to be an energetic shift taking place, Um, technology is changing, expectations are changing. Uh, You know, there seems to be so much information out there that we need to be taking in. We just thought, talking about pressure, what pressure represents to us and how we cope with it and, you know, what sort of pressures are beginning to mount for us um, as humans as we move into, you know, the new financial years, move into new energetic shifts planetarily what what's kind of taking place that people are feeling so under the pump and Kimmy you go first <laughs> no pressure <laughs> <laughs> oh you sweetheart look I've noticed it too my love and I am certainly under a bit of pressure myself at the moment with deadlines and um, I, I've been double booking my diary. I am, I'm, I'm loving everything I'm doing, but I'm just finding that I think it's an appropriate topic actually for me because I'm finding that there is a lot of pressure from many angles. And a lot of people that I've been hanging out with lately are also feeling the pressure. And that's why I said to you, you know, it's, it's an interesting word for a start. Um, we know that with pressure on us. And I love that quote that we've always used in the past, that the definition of stress is just a distorted relationship with time. I love it. Oh, so do I. And I think 
that maybe pressure comes in and around that because it's often the feeling that we cannot achieve or complete tasks or or feel like we can live up to perhaps expectations of what is needed or required of us. And I was just talking to a mum, actually. She has been overseas for the week. She went home to be a mum for the weekend and then came back overseas. And I just asked her what she did when she got home. And she said, oh, you know, just the usual. Um, I arrived home to a two-year-old throwing a tantrum that he couldn't get what he wanted. So he made himself so upset, he actually threw up all over me and into the toy box, which then meant I had to clean out the toy box. I then had... um, what did she say? She had an uncle out of the blue ring her and had to get in touch and she had to go and visit him. She had soccer in five-degree temperature or football in five-degree temperatures. She had the neighbours who wanted to catch up, so she had to make dinner for that. Um, she had a husband who had needs, say no more. Um, she had two oh, other yeah. kids, two <laughs> other kids that, um, that were, you know, needed her. She, the uncle place that she went to had beautiful white furniture and he fed one of them chocolate. So that in itself created pressure. Oh. She was watching her children eat. Um, she had, she cleaned out her wardrobe at 11 o'clock last night. She said she was um, cleaning out kitchen cupboards. Um, not only that, but because she had to go back overseas again the next day, she also had to cook and pre-cook a couple of meals, freeze them into por- portion sizes. Um, she spring cleaned her house because it was such a mess when she got home. And also one of her kids was on a school trip, so she had to go up to the road to get things that he needed for a school trip this week. And as she was telling me, I thought, I bet you if I, I share this story. you remembered all of that. Well, I think as a mum, I completely relate to it all. And I thought all the mums out there listening to this will be quietly chuckling, if not um, commiserating with her, because... In some aspects, being a mum in this day and age and a working mum at that is incredibly full of pressure. Um, And then throw into the fact if you've got teenagers who maybe have self-image or self-confidence issues or they're entering into a phase. I know my sister has a 12-year-old boy who just got a bit bullied. He put a beautiful picture up on, on Instagram and another kid came in and called him some name and she texted me saying what is this about and I thought oh my gosh yes you're entering the phase of how opinionated people can be and how hard that is as a mum to watch your kid be pushed or prodded or probed or pressured into things Um, newborn mums trying to live up to the expectations of what other brilliantly lactating mothers are doing or sleeping babies are doing throw into that moving houses or changing jobs or I just I don't know maybe it is the planet's um, cares and maybe it is the, the the new phase or a new energy we're entering into but to me I thought you know I'd love to know your ideas around pressure and what you do when you're under it um, and I know you've had times when there's been a lot of pressure on you and I think as um, one thing that I've learned from you as we've gone through this is you do you have amazing techniques and ways of of just bringing it back to the core and and making sure that what needs to be done is done and I think I'd love to hear or even what you coach with people in your inner circle how you help them because I know a lot of the people that you work with are probably examples of what I was just giving so you know and then I thought yes I myself am under pressure and some of the things that I've learned over the last few months on how to manage that. Sometimes I do it really well and other times I find myself so exhausted I actually get so overwhelmed I'm not quite sure what to do with it. So 
you know, it's a big topic and I get a lot of people asking, particularly through my programs, what oils can help with that and what are some of the strategies we can do to keep ourselves sane whilst going through an intense period of time. So back to you. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) Well, it's interesting, you know, I... um, So a couple of months back, I... Saw, well, I, I shared the stage with a beautiful, beautiful girl called Dr. Ezie Spencer. Such a sweet, sweet soul. And she has written a book called Lunar Abundance. And in her book, she talks about how the moon and the planets all affect um, our personalities based on what's happening with the shifts that occur planetarily based. And, you know, I've kind of always had my feet on the ground when it comes to things like that and never really explored too much of that. And I thought, okay, I'm going to be open here. Let's just, let's just look at everything. Let's not discount anything. And so I started looking at how um, the, the difference between astrology and astronomy. And so astrology is about predicting the star signs and all that sort of stuff. But astronomy is actually what's happening with the solar flares on the sun, what's happening with Mercury in retrograde, what's happening with Mars and Jupiter and Uranus and, you know, Saturn, all those different planets. Like it's the actual cosmic um, configuration of the planets. And being a bit more science-focused myself, um, I like to kind of know that there is evidence for what I'm reading and I found that what I was feeling I could easily see it reflected in the stars and the moon which was just so bizarre I downloaded an app called moonology not moonology a deluxe moon on my phone I thought okay let's just see if this actually does work (laughs) and so when I was feeling like agitated and irritated and angry sure as nuts it was the moon was in Scorpio or it was in Aries or something or other who knows but it had an impact on how I was feeling or how I was feeling sorry corresponded with the moon and what was happening with the moon and so I found that particularly interesting and then I started looking at um, what was happening with the sun because the sun affects our energy on a day-to-day basis and if you look at it from a scientific point of view very basic The sun affects whether a rose opens or closes. Um, It affects whether the trees and the leaves go green or not. So it's really, it's it's got a, when you look at nature, and that's where I try and take my learnings from, is what's nature doing and then how can I discover more about myself from that? Um, And so what's happening on the sun right now is there's all massive solar flares that are actually impacting the electromagnetic field of the sun which radiates out to the earth. And because the human body is an electromagnetic field, it can't help but be affected by when the sun is is having these great um, electromagnetic storms. And the storms that we're we're seeing on the sun, and and I can't find the article now, so please forgive me if I get this wrong, but the storms that we're seeing on the sun now, we haven't seen for 50 years or something, you know, like this great long period of time. So I thought it was actually really interesting because the other side to the conversations that, the, that you're having, Kimmy, I'm having lots of conversations with women in particular that um, are lost 
They don't know what to do with themselves. They feel like everything that they felt was their purpose before, they don't feel purposeful with now. Um, They don't know what to do with themselves. There's this real sense of lack of clarity and a misunderstanding or, or a lack of understanding about how they fit in their own lives. And that's the pressure that I'm seeing with a lot of people um, in my circles. And of course, you know, it always, we, t- we tend to find the very thing that's happening to us. We tend to attract that and see that. And I'm not too far off that. I'm not frightened of, of this um, shift for myself. Like it feels very refreshing for me and it feels really, really, feels very groovy, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm really getting um, a rest and a rest that I haven't ever had and I'm present to the rest. But, of course, you know, I still have to work and I still have to, you know, earn my money to pay my mortgage and pay the credit card and the phone and all that sort of stuff. So I'm still working, make no mistake about that, but I'm not in the constant um, stress or pressure of having to recreate, reinvent, recreate, reinvent, recreate, reinvent, repeat, you know, replicate, repeat, replicate. I'm not in that same cycle anymore. And every time I think to myself, shit, you know, I better start getting cracking. I better start, you know, getting active again and really busy again. I actually just can't. I physically can't. And mentally, I can't. I just go completely blank. So I'm kind of sitting and waiting because I know that something profound will come. And it will be extraordinary, no question about that. But I just, um, the, the, the kind of pressure that I think um, that we feel, how much of that is affected by what's happening externally, like as the planets are aligning and shifting and changing, I think there's definitely something in that. I don't think we can deny that there's an impact on that. And then also the different kinds of pressure that people are feeling based on the phases and stages of their lives. I think that 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 in and of itself is potentially a conversation that we could explore today. Like what are the kind of pressures that you feel when you're a teenager? Like what kind of pressures is Jacob feeling and, and, and Taylor? And what kind of pressure does the 25-year-old feel? And what kind of pressure does a 35-year-old feel? And what kind of pressure does a 45 and 55 and 65? Exactly. I think almost in every decade in our lives we feel a different kind of pressure and if i'm to look back like it was a pressure to fit in during my teenage years and then it was a pressure to to build the right career and make the right choices and to find myself in my 20s and then in my 30s it was a pressure to make money and my 40s it was still the pressure to make money but it was also the pressure to succeed and I'm still in my 40s so but but I'm a sort of I'm 48 now so I'm wondering if sort of the late 40s to early 50s is the pressure to find balance um, and to make it all work make it all come together because you I don't have I almost don't have the same energy that I had when I was 20 it's I have a different energy it's not the same it's different um but to run myself ragged like I used to in my 20s, that, that thought just doesn't even occur to me as a possibility. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting to think of 
the different kinds of pressures and then the different kinds of pressure that a mother would be under versus somebody who's not a mother, you know, and, and I think that's a really potent conversation to have um, about all of this sort of stuff. I don't know if I've answered any questions. I haven't, I definitely haven't spoken about what I do under pressure, but I think when we can kind of identify what sort of pressures everybody is feeling, maybe we can talk about what kind of possibilities open up for us, you know, for you and I being able to look back um, on some of our, the younger decades, what sort of possibilities open up for us that we could explore that can help. Do you know, I, I've been listening to you and, and as you've been talking, I've actually just, you know, questioned is the pressure an internal pressure or is it an mm. external pressure? Mm. Is it the pressure that we think has been put on us at all those phases and stages or is it something that we put on ourselves and then try and live up to? Because every phase you were talking about, um, I could throw a kaz back at you mm. And and say you know your your pressure to fit in, your pressure to find the right career, your pressure to to make money and still make money. Who's putting that pressure on you? Totally, it, it's an interesting question, isn't it? And the 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 woman that I was describing just before, the mum, that was a very pressurised weekend. But we all know she wouldn't trade it for the world. And yeah. in fact, when you come out the other end and your children are no longer at home or they're flying the nest, whilst some of us may go, thank goodness, on one <laughs> level, there's aspects of that pressure that you miss um, and the desire or the, the feeling of being needed and keeping those beautiful home fires burning. So I, I, you know, I think pressure and stress, um, are they distorted with stress as a distorted relationship with time? Is pressure a distorted relationship with self-expectation? Um, and I, I just question, because at the end of the day, we all have the same number of hours. We all have the same opportunities as far as what we do with those hours. But depending on the roles we're in, the ages we're in, or the stages we're in in our life, um, like you said before, there's, there's different pressures according to each, each um, category. So then perhaps the question isn't, we all know that we have pressure, what can we do when it hits us at any one of those stages? And I know having listened, and I love the science side of it as well, but particularly as we've had with guests on the show, talk a lot about the sympathetic dominance and the way our nervous system is getting more and more and more hammered because of these internal, external pressures. And as a consequence, the disease, the, uh, the, the lack of self-care, the the aging perhaps not gracefully anymore but aging surviving not thriving kind yeah. of is starting to occur and i just question are we burning ourselves out i mean at the end of the day there's only so much we can do in a day no matter how good you are so i i guess what i'd love to ask you and i'd love you to answer this as honestly as you can and i know you don't have children karen so i know that you would always and you are always so beautifully um aware of of what mums out there are trying to do as well so i want to ask you as a as a woman what are, are there signs that you have like do you get heart palpitations are there physical signs when you're under pressure and if so do you have you learned as you've got older what those warning signals are 
And if so, what do you do? That's a great question. I think, um, you know, there's two kinds of pressure. There's a pressure that comes with clarity and direction, which has a lot of excitement around it, you know, like what everything that you've got going on in your world. Yes. Um, there's so much excitement about it and there's so much clarity. It's not like you don't know what you're doing. You know what you're doing every step of the way. So you're not um, figuring it out from scratch with no clue from the beginning, whereas I think there's the pressure, which is that, where you're figuring it out from scratch along the way. You've got everything riding on it. You know, you could... It, it could all fall in a, in a screaming heap if you make a wrong move. You know, there's all that, there's that sort of pressure. And I think that the good pressure is fun. It's mm. just a case of being able to be physically fit, keeping yourself healthy and well so that you can sustain the long haul. Um, but the other kind of pressure comes with anxiety, keeps you awake at night, tense muscles, um, headaches, blurred vision, um, you know, disturbed digestion and all of that sort of stuff. And you're so spot on, Kimmy. I think, you, I think you've really nailed it there when you said we put it on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Just as you were speaking there, I thought to myself, okay, well, where did all of that pressure come from from me? And, yes, I'm doing it to myself, but, but it's because I'm living up to a perceived expectation, one that I think my dad has and my sister has and that society has. And that, of course, I have about myself. So it's all this perceived expectation that puts the pressure on, which we then have to kind of not buckle underneath. So I think that that comes a lot from conditioning and it comes a lot from past and it comes from family and society and all of that sort of stuff. So how does that show up for me? Yeah, you know, I don't sleep. Um, I do find my digestions completely disrupted. Um, I get headaches all around my neck and my shoulders get really tense. Uh, I get a bit irritable. Poor Matt has to live with, <laughs> has to live with a dragon woman. <laughs> and I get short. You know, I remember somebody that was working for me, she said, when you get stressed, Karen, you don't take time for the niceties. You're very short and sharp and to the point. And she said, so when you get like that, we know you're stressed. And I thought, that's not cool. Like, <laughs> that, is, that is just not cool. But I can see my mum in that, you know, like when my mum gets stressed, she's short, sharp, straight to the point and doesn't stop to say, hello, darling. <laughs> so true. I know, right? So I think it's just, I think it's, um, you know, when I was younger, I didn't, it didn't affect me as much. But I think with accumulated pressure and accumulated stress, you know, we talk about the accumulation effect and the compounding effect of drugs and um, artificial substances and, and, and artificial stuff in foods. But I think that the accumulated effect of stress and pressure is just as damaging when it's daily or it's weekly or it's monthly. And I remember, and I've spoken about this a couple of times on the show, where last year I had a bit of a, a, a breakthrough, a breakdown to breakthrough, and my mum and my sister were here and Matt was here. And we were talking about how I just couldn't keep pumping out, you know, 40, 50 events every year. 
um, around the world. It was just too much for me. And since then, I haven't been doing as many events and I haven't been traveling as much. But what I noticed was that every now and then, I would find myself with a feeling of anxiety in my stomach, thinking, you know, you're lazy, you're not doing enough, you need to get going, keep moving, get, get going, what, what are you doing, what are you not, you know, and, and I had that anxiety. It was almost like it was pre-programmed in two or three times a day and that was the fuel that was propelling me forward. <laughs> Isn't that bizarre? Wow. I Tell me about it. It's so bizarre. And that became something for me to clear and balance and work on. Um, you know, but literally I had to, I had to strip back to the bare bones of just doing the bare minimum in order to be able to have a look and see what that was and find peace as it's, as it's contrast rather than responding to it and giving in to that anxiety and going and doing the same thing that I'd always done. I really had to find what was the direct opposite to that feeling. And for me, the direct opposite is peace of mind. So somewhere along the line, I had robbed myself of peace of mind and replaced it with anxiety that was fueling my fire. And I don't need anxiety to fuel my fire. I mean, I'm, a re- I'm action Jackson, man, like I'm full on. So I don't need anxiety to fuel me. I can, I'm naturally aspirated. So I, it, it struck me as quite bizarre that that's what I had done to myself. I know, I know, stop. Do you think it's when you get to that point of full-on pressure too, though, that if something does crack or you said you were under a lot of pressure and you had to make some decisions, Mm. is that a natural progression then? Do we have to get to break point to stop, do you think? I think so, Kimmy. I think so. I, I mean, I don't know so. I just think so. I think it's almost as if we've got to get to, um, where the human instinct for survival kicks in because whenever the unconscious mind is driving the show, which is based on past and fathers and sisters and, you know, society and all that sort of stuff, whenever that's running the show, the, the, the body just responds. But when it gets to the point that the body can no longer physically respond and the mind has nowhere else to go, it's almost as if the human instinct for survival kicks in and that's where it's rock bottom and the human instinct for survival says no more. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you're really tired, you get a cold mm-hmm. or when you need some time out and you need a break from your life, you get the flu. So it's, it's, I reckon it's just like that. I, I reckon there's a compounding effect of pressure and stress and accumulated over, over time, of course, the body's running in, in its fight or flight mode, but it only has so much in the tank. Mm. Mm. Yes, I, I notice I, I don't sleep or I'm not eating, making such great food choices or my interest in exercise goes down or I notice my tummy puts on weight. Um, I get cold sores. That's always a good sign for me that I'm really run down or over, overdoing it. Headaches is a big thing for me. It's almost like your self-care goes out the window as you just push and push and push, but the body can only take so much. You're so the, spot on. Yeah, and the body will turn around at some point as a protection mechanism, I believe, for you to take note. We only take note when something's going wrong, really. Otherwise, we just keep going, and if anything else, we just keep putting more and more pressure on. 
until we perhaps pop. And I think in today's society, and particularly our listeners, every single one of them, I'm sure, will relate to this in some way. And I really do believe that our, our, our I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but I know when I'm pressured where you said you, your niceties disappeared, mm-hmm. my team, my family know when I'm doing a spring clean, if all of a sudden I start cleaning, it's like, shite, get out of your way. Um, <laughs> really? Oh, my gosh. I pull out because what will happen is I'll go to the kitchen to get something out and something will fall out of the cupboard because now my aura is all out of whack and I'll bang things or drop things. And now it's really obvious that that cupboard's messy. So instead of just putting that one thing back I dropped in, I'll just rip everything out in sheer frustration. And now I'm resorting the whole pantry or – I'll decide that today because I'm on a deadline that I need to clean out the filing cabinet because I'm also going into procrastination or some sort of avoidance or maybe I've just got to get some sense of of structure or formality in my head. Mm. And the way I work is around me has to be organized in order for me. I need order in order. and, And what happens is I'm cleaning to create order, whatever that cleaning is, I'm actually doing the processing in my head, I realize, and a lot of the thinking and the talking is occurring as I'm doing that. So it actually gives me the space to then think what my steps and processes are. So I don't look at it as a bad thing anymore. I used to think I was just a little bit anal, but I've realized that (laughs) my cleaning is actually cleaning my mind at the same time, and it does give me that space. Um, And I know going for a run on the beach or a walk on the beach or in nature would also probably give me the same thing, but that feels count. It's so ridiculous. My head goes, that almost feels like a luxury um, to do that. And when I'm under pressure, the last thing I want to give myself is a luxury for some reason. It's almost mm-hmm. like I'm in punishment mode or I'm trying to, I don't know, it just feels wrong to go and do something nice, which is so ridiculous because that's exactly what I need. So cleaning to me has become a, a really important thing. Do you think um, with, so, so looking at this whole thing of pressure, like what sort of rituals would you recommend or ideas could people do to, if they're, finding, if they're listening to this right now going, oh, my gosh, these girls are talking my language <laughs> with them. I, felt, mm. I feel this. Kim and Karen, give us your top five steps. What, what would yours be? Do you know? Well, Kimmy, you know, I think what you've just said there is that, you know, going and doing self-care like exercising and taking yourself out, it feels like a luxury and I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you going, oh, my God, I so get it. I, I, honestly, I so get that with you and me too. I, I get what you're saying with that. So maybe it's a case of saying, okay, well, let's not go against, and I don't know, I'm, just, I'm throwing this out there, let's not go against what we naturally are inclined to do in those circumstances. Like if you're naturally inclined to declutter, and reorganize and that's part of your um your game plan for gaining control then that's kind of what you need to factor in time for Mm -hmm. so i wonder if it would be different if we said okay, I am under so much pressure because you kind of know mm-hmm. to a certain extent how your day is going to roll out. Like you kind of get a sense that it's going to be a day full of pressure. Sometimes it's very random, but for the most part, we kind of know, okay, well, I've got to see the in-laws. I've got to make the dinner. I've got to get the cake. I've got to 
you know, and then the, all this sort of dip, you know, all this sort of stuff. Plus, I've got to run the business and all that. So you know that you're going to have a big day. I wonder if it's not worthwhile to say, that's what my day is going to be like. I'm going to declutter the fridge first, <laughs> or I'm going to clean out my undies drawer, <laughs> or <laughs> I'm going to clean out the filing cabinet first, rather than thinking, gosh, I really should be going to the gym. Um, but shit, I don't have time for that. That's just too much of a luxury. No, 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 no. Don't waste time doing that. And then making yourself feel bad because you haven't been to the gym exactly. for a run or whatever, because then you've got to deal with the pressure of what you've got to do, plus the pressure of feeling bad, beating yourself up. And mm. on a cellular level, I reckon that's a whole lot of darkness going on in there. Mm. So I wonder if it's not worthwhile to actually have the self-awareness first of saying, well, what am, I, what am I naturally inclined to do when I'm feeling under pressure, you know, and, and, and have your go-to list. Like sometimes when I'm feeling under so much pressure, I just need to escape my mind. I watch the Kardashians, man, you know. <laughs> so, so I should put that on my list. Oh, well, that's so funny. We watch Shit's Creek or whatever it's called. There's oh, a- S-C-H-I-T. Yes, sorry. Yes. Um, You're right. Mind Escapism, a movie, a Netflix series, something that just completely takes you out of it. It's a great idea. And it's so mind-numbing. It's so mind-numbing. And I don't know that that's such a good idea, but sometimes you just need a way out. (laughs) Then I'm like you too. If I've got a lot to do, there's no way I can get that done if my office is a shambles Mm. or if I don't have what I need around me, you know, within arm's reach. So I'll spend the morning doing that or decluttering my inbox, you know. So I think that if we can somehow have the self-awareness to recognise what are our natural inclinations and then don't beat ourselves up for doing those things, make time for them. And then the other thing I think we don't do is when we get to the end of a high-pressure day, is we don't reward ourselves. Like we don't reward ourselves for getting to the end of it in a way that is also very productive. You know, Mm. like I'm just trying to think. I was was writing a book and when I got to the end of my part on that book, I promised myself halfway through that I was going to reward myself with something really fantastic. And I spent a couple of weeks thinking about what I really wanted. And there was this online course on how to direct documentaries. <laughs> and so I thought, that's what I really want to do. I'm going to reward myself with that. I'm going to buy myself that program at the end of me finishing writing this book and not one second before. And every day I'd get online and I'd look at it and I'd go, oh, I could just buy it now. I mean, I could manage to do it together, you know. No, I wasn't allowed to do it. And it made it really cool because it gave me so much to look forward to. So I wonder if there's not an opportunity for us to reward ourselves while we're going through um, the pressure of all of those sorts of things, you know. I don't know. You, you would have so many fabulous go-to rituals and suggestions well, I think, I think you've nailed it on so many levels. And I think if I bring it back to the body and appreciating that the body is, is 50 trillion cells, 
and those 50 trillion cells are constantly in a in a chemical transitioning changing adapting um, process each and every second of every single day and I love the fact that we can say that the body is not permanent you know that it is possible for change just as we can put on weight we can lose weight just as we can be stressed we can be de-stressed and I think that's a really good thing to to remember I also know that for me fatigue or feeling tired is actually my body's way of saying something needs to change so I've started to listen to the signs with kindness rather than oh so bloody tired and so I'm trying very hard to to listen to those but when I look at how remarkable the human body is and just even trying to picture 50 trillion cells if you want to relate this and I think I'll get this right just to show you how remarkable the body is but I remember Dr Libby saying this and I hope I say it right but to understand how big 50 trillion cells is one million seconds ago was 12 days ago so one million seconds ago was 12 days ago. One trillion seconds ago was 32,000 years ago. So what on earth is 50 trillion cells? And it's only when oh you find, I know, that I then bring my stress levels back into how amazing my body is, how incredible that I have a family that's putting me under this pressure, how amazing that I have a business that's growing or trying to function through a financial crisis if that's what you're going through or you're trying to bring out a new product or you're trying to write something new. In many ways, we look at the problem of it rather than the gift that could come out of that as well. And I think if I can really be honest, one of the most important things for me knowing that the body requires so much love and attention when you're under pressure is that food would probably be the first thing that you need to really think about. So rather than stuffing your face full of sugar or things like that, that are going to help because let's face it, when we're under pressure, adrenaline increases, our glucose response is way higher. Therefore we crave more sugar, which and you know changes our, we crave caffeine. We, we are, our sleep probably is deprived. So this is all what you were saying at the very beginning. Our, our fight flight um, system is in action all the time, which equals stress. And I guess, I guess when I look at it from the other perception of trying to increase my my parasympathetic nervous system, which is what I've been really focusing on this year, I have really started to think about it. Two, there's three things that I have done lately that have really helped me calm my farm so to speak one of them is restorative breathing just even being conscious of my breath when I can feel my heart beating harder or I've eaten something I shouldn't or I'm stressing is to just stop in that moment and put my hand on my belly and the other hand on my heart and take 10 deep breaths now if you think about it if the body is under stress there is no way when you take 10 deep breaths that it can stay in flight and fright mode because flight and flight mode, flight and fright mode is everything's on tenderhooks ready to fight and attack or run for your life. But when you take 10 deep breaths, it does the complete opposite. And I have really been practicing that lately. Even when I get to lights, don't close my eyes at the lights when I'm driving, but when I'm listening to something, or even when I'm watching television, those two hands, it's been one of my saving graces, I reckon, in these last few months. The other thing is doing things like some sort of, instead of feeling like my have-to was to go for a 10K run, 
I've now turned it the other way and I'll go to a yoga class or some people may love Pilates or some people may love just doing a meditation. So for me, going to yoga still feels like I'm exercising, but I'm doing it in a very gentle way. And that has been a challenge for me to go to gentle flow yoga rather yeah. than Hatha or Iyengar. So that has been a way to stimulate my parasympathetic nervous system. And the third thing that I've taken on lately, which I know probably won't suit a lot of mums because even when I was full on in the throes with, with kids, was um, I, I probably wouldn't have relaxed very easily. But just lately, now that I'm coming out the other side, is flotation tanks. And to spend one whole hour in a tank with 500 kilograms of Epsom salts and you lie there in complete darkness and you have 10 minutes of music to start with and then it's completely silent and then the last five minutes the music comes back on. They say one quality hour in a float tank is the equivalent to an eight-hour sleep, a good eight-hour sleep. And I can promise you when I go and have a float, which is something I've just started doing again, and do you know the last time I was floating was before children? So that's why I'm very conscious that any mothers listening to this would go, oh, right, yeah, sure, I'll go and take an hour out of my day and go and float for an hour. Um, because all they do is lie there and go, I've got this to do, I've got that to do. Oh, yeah, absolutely, be more stressful. Yeah, I think so. So <laughs> thank you, mummies out there or daddies go and do this. But certainly if you perhaps don't have the pressure of children or you can find a way to do that, then, you know, if you can get a one-hour sleep turn into an eight-hour recovery, I think that's quite a cool thing. And, of course, for me, lighting my diffuser, putting a face mask on while I'm doing a podcast or listening, putting um, a hair treatment on my hair and sleeping with um, sleeping with that and with a towel on my pillow at night is my way of doing my little self-care moments but they're micro moments of self-care. They're not full-on sessions, if you like. So that would be my five cents. The food is really important, making sure you're drinking lots, doing some sort of restorative care, be it breathing, which every one of us can do and it doesn't cost, um, yoga, gentle yoga or gentle movement or Pilates, and, of course, floating. They would be probably my, my recommendations around... Um, around doing some sort of restorative care and helping to stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system whilst we're in the opposite stage of, of that flight and fright. What do you think about doing cleanses and detoxes at times like that? You know, yeah, I, I, I'm curious about it because the body's not really digesting a great deal of food. Yeah, that's true. And look, sometimes if you're a bit like probably yourself and myself and probably Cindy to an extent as well, mm. I find sometimes if you like the pressure or the the structure, more importantly, of a program, I probably seem to do more when I'm under pressure. So I'm probably quite good with a program. Like I, I like knowing that this is what I'm going to eat this morning and this is, and I like challenging myself when I'm going through stress and pressure because then I eat better anyway. So I, I'm not averse to it, put it that way. If, it, if it's something that you're going to go, oh, geez, now I've got to think about cooking three different meals for all the different people in my family, and if that adds pressure to you, then that's the last mm -hmm. thing you'd want to do. But I don't think it's a bad thing to become focused and doing some sort of gentle protocol or even a five-day juice fast, if that's something you think would support you to have better clarity. Cindy's four-phase fat elimination could be a great thing, or the hunter-gatherer. Um, I know when you've done 
um, your Eat With Ease programs. Mm. I think when we look at those things, they can give you some sort of structure when the brain doesn't want to have to think about it. Just tell me what I have to do. I, yeah, I wonder, hey, I, I, I just it's, it's interesting just to think because if you're doing a juice fast or, you know, something that's like that, it's actually very easy. Mm. And it's not something extra that you have to think about. And I, and, I, and I think that if you're, if our natural tendency when we're under pressure is just to grab a quick bite here or grab something there and then you land up starving so you overeat at the next meal and then you feel crap and you feel heavy and, uh, and then, you know, you've got to get over that while you're under the pressure and then grab, grab a quick bite here and grab a, grab a quick bite there and, you know, you're not really paying too much attention to the nutritional value of what you're grabbing when you're under pressure like that. So just I'm wondering if it's not a good idea to think about if, if like you say, if it doesn't add more pressure, take that whole thought process out of the equation and nourish your body with beautiful fresh juices that then the body has the fuel that it needs to get through what it needs to get through. I agree. I actually think you're right. And if nothing else, even the first few days, you might not feel great because often mm-hmm. in a detox, sometimes you can feel a bit worse. But yeah. you get through those first couple of days and the clarity and the mental fog that lifts and then the ability to process things. And let's not forget the ripple effect. You know, for most women, whether you're married or not married, if you're in a relationship and whether you have kids or don't have kids, you set the tone in the house uh, you know if the woman of the house is happy and healthy life runs smoothly for everyone else mm-hmm. I will have always said that and I've always believed it so the ripple effect on others and ourselves is huge so if you're not willing to to make the effort to eat well or to look after yourself going through these processes then if your family's under pressure if the kids are fighting if your hubby's getting irritated if everybody's cross sometimes it's it's a it's the universe's way of saying listen here, sweetie, you need to, to, to sharpen up here. And here's the thing, no one's going to do it for you. No one is going to turn around and say, oh, Cass, you've just been, you've just, you just deserve seven days at the Noosa Day Spa and you know, <laughs> seven days at Gungana. You just, it's time for you to just take some time out. No, no, we'll take care of everything. See, we can also become martyrs to it as well. And I think women are very good at this where we start almost making everyone pay for what we've got to do and what's on our plate and how would you know? And there's almost that entitled kind of aggressive behavior that oh, no one else is going to do it for me. And we almost blame our family, our situation, our work, our boss, our friends. So there's got to be some accountability and ownership in all of this as well. And if from the beginning we talked about um, pressure being a distorted relationship with self-awareness or self-esteem or self, self, self itself, then maybe that's the aha here that it's in fact the pressure is asking you to take a look within and look at how you're treating yourself. I think, I think it's a really important point that you just brought up. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think we, I think it's almost like we've got to look at what's working, what's not working. What do I naturally do? What do I not naturally do? What do I feel like doing? What do I not feel like doing? And then kind of build that into our plan mm. of, of attack to deal with the pressure times. But I think also too is to make sure that the pressures, the, when we're under pressure like that, like full pressure cooker pressure, it's temporary. Yes. And if, 
and it's it's i'm just thinking of it from a psychological point of view you know the brain doesn't actually understand temporary it only understands permanent which is in and of itself another conversation but you know when you feel sick, you feel like you're going to feel sick for the rest of your life. And if you feel great, you feel like you're going to feel great for the rest of your life. You know, we kind of, when we're worrying about money, if we don't have enough money, we'll feel like we're going to, have, we're going to be poor for the rest of our lives. And unfortunately, if we, don't, if we have a lot of money, we worry that we're going to lose it. Yes, <laughs> yes. So it's almost like there's this lack of comprehension of the very, very temporary nature of everything on this planet. And if we could see that the pressure that we're under, it's temporary. It's a minute, an hour, a day, a week, a month, um, maybe even a year. But in and of itself, it will be temporary. But the temporary nature of it, because I think we create the pressure. Like you first said when we first started this podcast, mm. we create the pressure ourselves. So if we are creating it, and not necessarily in the physicality of it, but the mental construct of it, the psychological construct of what pressure is. Because what you think is pressure, I wouldn't think is pressure. And what I think is pressure, you wouldn't think is pressure. Mm-hmm. So it's based on perception, which means it's very individual. So if we have constructed the psychological components of what pressure represents to each of us, and it's very, it's very individual because it's based on our perception, then we also have the power to deconstruct it. We also have the power to um, embrace it, accept it, but then also understand that it has a temporary texture and we are the ones who have to initiate how long it's going to last, how temporary it really is. Because sometimes I've been guilty of this myself where I've been under pressure for something and even though the pressure may have lifted, I replay it in my mind over and over and over again. So even though the tasks may have been completed, I'm repeating the story of it in my mind, which keeps the pressure present. Why do we do this to us? <laughs> oh, I just feel exhausted. It's <laughs> exhausting. <laughs> Imagine what the people that live with us think. (laughs) (laughs) If I put Matt on this show and we asked him that, I think he would be almost speechless. (laughs) 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 He'd be like, well, where do I absolutely start? (laughs) You know, a really good thing to do too is to, to actually think about it from the other end. If I did have this pressure off, what would that look like? What do I really want to have that pressure off? What does it look like without that pressure? And often even that is enough to project you forward to creating either fast-tracking it or at least realising that you're not hooked in the drama or the story mm. of pressure. I don't know if you've noticed how many people, they, they, they dramatise how much they've got on their plate. Almost, it's almost like we, and, and I've been guilty of this myself, where, you know, unless I'm really busy, I almost feel guilty. Mm. It's, it's, it's like, oh, I get it. It's like our value is tied up. Yes. A busyness. Oh, okay. Well, we've it. just got to stop it. Just stop it. You know, we just need to play that Bob Newhart <laughs> thing and just stop it. Let's Google that, listeners. Look yeah. up Bob Newhart, stop it. Go and watch that on YouTube. video on YouTube and you will love it. And I want you to picture Kaz and Kim there. <laughs> you're looking at your 
stressful lives and the pressure that the cooker that you've put on yourself and then just go, you know what, just stop it. (laughs) No, I love it. I I really, you've really helped me because yes, I'm under pressure and yes, it's lots of good things. And I've also been under pressure in the past where they're not good things. Mm. Uh, But two things, this this too shall pass. Mm. And number two, the greatest gift you can give yourself whilst going through one of these pressure cooker moments is self-care. And I, I truly believe that would be my, my greatest piece of advice. And if all else fails, clean. <laughs> Go with that. <laughs> Kimmy, you've nailed it, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this has brought us to the end of a podcast that was short, sharp, and straight to the point, really. <laughs> <laughs> loved it. Loved it. <laughs> So for all of our listeners, go to our Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat and post there for us. Let's see who's funniest. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> Kimmy cleans. Um, what do I do when I'm under pressure? Oh, oh, yeah. okay, so I'm not very nice. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm Your short. niceties go out the windows. Yeah, I'm short. So why don't you guys go ahead and post on our Facebook page how does pressure affect you? How, what, what do you do? How does your family know that you're under pressure or you're under stress? Or how do the people at work know? How does everyone, what's your, what's your dead giveaway? <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's great. Oh, so go ahead and do that. What were you going to say, Button? I just said thank you. You just, you've made a, a heavy topic feel light. And that's the other thing, isn't it? We, we have to remember to laugh at ourselves and that the pressure will go, it will subside, and if all else fails, listen to Up for a Chat <laughs> and yes. realise that you can come to this comedy show at any time. Through <laughs> that. <laughs> and it's it. free. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> or come on a hike with us. <gasps> Stop okay. it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Well, so, okay, well, we need to talk about this hike next week, maybe, when, when Cindy's back, mm-hmm. because we have finally confirmed all of the details for our hike around Mont Blanc. So that is hiking, starting in Chamonix, and then hiking through Switzerland and Italy, um, and a little bit of Germany, I believe. And um, it's 170 kilometres over 13 days, and then... Kimmery. Then we're going to have five days in Como, Italy, on a divine five-star food tour. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. This will take the pressure off. Oh, hello! <laughs> That's what you do when you're under stress. Is your hike <laughs> with your opera chat girlfriends? That's what yeah. you do. Yeah, it's what you do. There you go. Problem solved. Yeah. And when is it? Like it's the year after next, so we've all got time to create a money account that you can start throwing it at. You can, you've got enough time to organise kids and families and partners or if you want to bring your partner, we don't mind. Um, yeah. But, you know, like here's the time to really, you know, when we're under pressure to have a goal to look forward to as well is not a bad thing. And perhaps that's also too why you'll find we put these on. It's almost like you were saying before, Kaz, you've got to look for some reward in all of this. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a wonderful reward. So we go in September 2020. Um, So while we've got everybody on the show here, September 2020. So we've got about, um, in terms of being able to pay it off, we've got about 18, 19 months, which is so cool 
Um, and next week when Cindy's back on the show, we'll announce the pricing and we'll announce more about the trip so that you guys know exactly what we're going to be doing. But, of course, I am going, so it is going to be relatively five-star piece. Let me just put that out there now. So there will be none of this carrying ginormous backpacks. Oh, no, no, no. We will have a day pack and there shall be somebody else driving our big bags from lodge to lodge for the 13 days. <laughs> but I will say this. I will say this about that. If you decide that you want to come with us, start training or start thinking about your training regime because you're going to have to be fit on this one, isn't it, Kimmy? Yep. This is, this, this this is, is 160 Ks, isn't it? It's 100 yeah. miles that we're going to be covering. Well, when we did New Zealand, that was 70 mm-hmm. over five days. Um, this one is 170 over 13 days. So we're going to be doing further each day than what we did in New Zealand. Can't wait. Having said that, though, oh, my goodness, could you imagine hiking through Switzerland, through Italy, through oh. France? <gasps> I actually cannot wait. I'm serious. And it's going to be the perfect weather. There's going to be, it's going to be sunshiny and not terribly warm, but warm enough to be able to wear those pants where you can zip them off and make them your shorts. <laughs> and then, um, but, be, but be looking at snow-capped mountain peaks. <sighs> Oh, and the food is going to be astound. Oh, look. Stop. I know. I know. I'm really excited. So for our listeners, if you're interested in that, there's only one way to register to join us. Um, 15 people is what we're taking with two guides. And we've got, um, you've got to email me at info at karensmith.com. And it's C-A-R-R-E-N. S-M-I-T-H dot com. So info at karensmith.com. Email me and I will put you on the list where I can send you all of the information and then you can book your space by paying your deposit and we'll make the announcements of that next week. <gasps> and, and do we, are we, we're taking registration, like even if you think it's a possibility, put your name down so yeah. that way you become part of the group to then make the decisions as more details become available. So you don't have to pay anything right now, do you? Oh, no, no, no. Well, we haven't released the pricing yet. So just go ahead, send me the email. I'll add you to the list. And then as soon as we've got all the deets, I'll send them out to you guys. Perfect. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thanks for clarifying that, Kim. Thanks, darling. Awesome. Okay, great. Well, that brings us to the end of yet another fabulous podcast, listeners. So thank you for being a part of today's show with us. Again, go to our Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. Let us know how everybody knows when you're stressed. This is going to be funny. Also, you can post your comments and your questions at all the w's.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. And make sure that you tune in next week here on Up for a Chat and you become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. And we are going to see you on the hike around Chamonix. Yeah, baby. See you, everybody. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.